Hello, and welcome to the Comedians of Wrestling podcast. I'm here by myself in my house recording a very special late episode of the podcast. Um, I'm sorry the podcast is late this week. I uh, was doing a bunch of cool stuff and um, had to move around our schedule, but awesomely, I got to interview... WB superstar Damian Sandow and that interview is going to come out on Monday and that's going to be awesome and I was thinking about skipping this week but I was like there's too much cool stuff that happened so I think I'm just going to record an episode by myself here let's go through all the cool wrestling events of the week remember to rate us five stars on iTunes I will accept nothing less okay let's get into it so uh, I mean, I think to me, the biggest news, the most amazing thing is Brock Lesnar winning his return back to the UFC. Uh, that was wild. That was awesome to watch. I had a feeling I, I, I felt good about it. I, I watch a good amount of UFC. I'm, I got into UFC on Brock's first run when he fought Frank Mir. And then uh, after watching that, I got pretty hooked on it for a while and I've kind of faded out. A little bit because there weren't really that many MMA fighters that interest me. Uh, but Brock coming back was very exciting. And uh, he looked great. I mean, he was in awesome shape. It was kind of amazing. I felt like he was just on Raw in way worse shape. Uh, he was super lean because he has to make the 265 weight, which is for him is <laughs> is hard. Believe it or not, for this guy, he's walking around way heavier than 265, which is crazy. I've heard he weighs sometimes 290. Insane. Yeah, so he came out, he beat he beat Mark Hunt. He's been out of the octagon for five years, um, and he looked pretty dominant, which is awesome. I was just thinking about it. I was like, yeah, for his WWE career, I mean, it makes him so cool to win in the octagon again. It sells his whole gimmick of being undefeatable so much harder. On the other side of the coin is that he's going to want to keep UFC fighting, which I don't know how distracted that's going to pull him away from from the WWE. I mean, Cain Velasquez also won that night. He's a big heavyweight, and that's a match that he lost. And if he starts eyeing up that match, or if they want to, I've heard they want to put him right into title contention. You know, he could easily get pulled away. I mean, he's constantly at any turn is talks about how he clocks in and out on wrestling. He does it. It's a job for him. And uh, we kind of like him for it because it's part of his gimmick and rings true as authentic. But ultimately, he has no uh, he's got no qualms about just walking off. I don't think I mean, he doesn't need money. So, hey, we'll see. He is going to be <laughs> UFC fighting. He's going to be wrestling in a couple weeks on SummerSlam against Randy Orton. So that should be fun. Although I don't think that's such a great match for Brock because Brock's clearly going to win that, especially with his UFC win. I mean, what does he like win in the real fighting and then lose when it's predetermined? I don't think that's true. And if he beats Randy Orton, it's a little bit like cool. But if he loses... He's not going to lose to Randy Orton. So I don't know. I'm not sure really what it does for 
either of them. It's just a good win for Brock. But I guess, you know, SummerSlam, one of their marquee shows, so they kind of just want the card to have guys that have drawing power. So, I, you know, to the casual fan, Brock Lesnar or Randy Orton seems like a cool match. I think they could have done a lot cooler stuff with Brock Lesnar. Uh, Brock Lesnar, Kevin Owens or something I heard a little bit about. I was, that I think could be interesting. Uh, even though, you know, Brock won't win. It's kind of like who, no one's really, uh, Kevin Owens won't win. No one's going to, honestly, I don't think anybody could beat Brock, but it's about having a good match with Brock. Dean Ambrose wasn't able to do it at WrestleMania. So if it's Randy Orton, I mean, they could, I don't know. I just don't see that being a great match. Uh, you know, I don't know, but yeah, we'll see where Brock goes with it. I mean, it's just so impressive. He's almost 40 years old, gets back in the octagon. One thing that peeved me a little bit is that a little bit of uh, the way that they worked this match, uh, this UFC fight, where they played it like, oh, he was unhealthy. He came back for the diverticulitis, and uh, that's why he that's why he lost. But I, I don't, I don't honestly, I don't think. That's what happened. He came back, or if, if people remember, they played the whole, like, I'm healthy now angle five years ago. And maybe he was lying. I don't think he was because nothing I've read has said that they were lying about that. But I think I think that that's kind of just like how they sold the match. And it was a little bit below my intelligence. I, I can remember things from five years ago. But, yeah, he was healthy. The only thing I'll say is I think that, yeah, I think he'll lose – you know, if he fights Kane, he goes back even against Overeem. I think he will lose. I don't think, you know, combat-wise, him getting punched, I don't think it'll happen. And if someone can stop his takedown defense, like Kane was able to do it, I think he's in trouble. Maybe Dos Santos might be a good fight for him, even though he's a <laughs> jujitsu guy on the ground. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, it'll be interesting. I love watching Brock. UFC fight. It's awesome. It's unprecedented. And there's the possibility, I was talking to my buddy, there's the possibility of him having both belts at the same time. That's amazing. Anyway, point is, enjoy Brock Lesnar, because I don't think we'll ever see someone like this again. If you think about it like this, Bobby Lashley, look at that guy. Look at, you know, Brock, you go, he's jacked. But like Bobby Lashley is... Just is um, massive. Went to MMA, couldn't hack it. Batista, I went to MMA. I mean, I think he has a win, but like to compete at that level, it's it's insane. Anyway, moving on. Let's get into the final deletion. So, if you haven't seen this, then you're living under a rock. The final deletion is Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy have a feud going on in TNA and they filmed a cinematic uh, goofy masterpiece where they uh, have a wrestling match on the uh, Hardy estate where I believe Matt is trying to delete Jeff Hardy from existence to become the ultimate Hardy. Now, here's how I feel about it. There's a lot of it's getting a lot of mixed reaction. You know, some people are saying it's straight up terrible. Some people are saying it's cool. Some people are saying it's must, must watch. You know, um, here's the way I feel about it. I think that it's 
revolutionary. That's the word I want. I had to think about it for a second. I think it's revolutionary. It's not, it's not great, but it is an amazing idea. And a lot of the execution on it is a little bit flawed and goofy. And I, I think that's what they were going for. But ultimately, it is cool. And everybody is watching it. There's something going on there. They're, 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 they're on the precipice of something that's cool that it got, you know, that's turning people's heads. I don't understand the Matt Hardy character. I don't understand his whole, like, just insane, I don't know, Shakespearean, I think. I don't really know. And obviously, I, honestly, I haven't really watched enough of what he's been doing to know, you know, it, it, to know where that comes from or something. Uh, but uh, he's just calling Jeff Hardy brother Nero and Jeff Hardy's just being his classic self. I don't know. I would say this. When I saw that ring set up in the middle of like the woods, referee rolls up and is just like, is this where the match is? Like he's confused. And he's like, yeah, the, the match is going to happen. Matt Hardy takes out a violin to, to call Jeff Hardy. And then they have a match and they're shooting fireworks. I was like, you know what? I'm into this. I am into this. It could be better. And then I was like, if this was better, if this was written better, if they, you know, had a higher budget or like better cinematic people or could sell the wrestling aspect of it better. I don't know. I was like, this could be cool. And then I saw it. I saw the cool version of what they're going for. And it happened on raw new day. And the Wyatt family copied final deletion. Now getting copied by wrestling is almost like, that means you affected pop culture. Right? If WB's copying you, they copy everything. They go, oh, hey, we're talking about uh, Stephen Curry's shoes. Boom, we're doing that on the show. So that's an amazing nod to what the Hardys are doing in TNA if you get copied by WB. But that video they did, I thought that was really cool. That video was shot awesome. And Braun Strowman looked like a beast in those videos. Uh, you know, it's nothing to say. I mean, the, when the, all the fireflies turned on, it was great. It was really cool. It was a movie. The only thing I'll say is, I don't know how it's going to affect the story going forward. I mean, we'll find out. We'll find out next week. But I do think that, like, if they do the thing where, if you guys remember when, like, the Wyatt family carried out Undertaker, I believe after Hell in the Cell. They just bring him into the back and then there's no consequences of that except for that like, ooh, this just started a feud. But like you physically carried his body. What happened? You put him down, he got up and just like walked out. Like the, I believe at the end of that video, the New Day is just standing surrounded by, you know, uh, lights. Let's assume those are fireflies. Like those are disciples. If I'm following the storyline, like, Cool. That means maybe they shouldn't show up to Raw. Or if they show up, maybe they're like a little like demented, like the stuff they saw you could never see again or, you know, or I, I'm not really sure. But there should be continuity there, especially when they put all that effort into it. Unless it's just going to be like, hey, that was just a fun. That was just like a fun week. I mean, you know, to their credit, it does feel like Xavier's selling that, that like the Wyatts are like messing with him. A little bit, they're getting under his skin. But yeah, anyway, I don't know. I'm really excited about the possibility of like final deletion type stuff existing. Cool. 
Uh, all right, so oh, let's get. It. I've been watching the uh, Cruiserweight Classic. I watched the first episode of that. I got nothing bad to say about that. That's amazing. Uh, you know, those matches were really cool. It's just an awesome idea. And also, it makes me think about like how great the WWE Network is in comparison to a lot of other companies are trying to make all these content creating companies like, uh, you know, platforms and stuff. And I'm like, hey, I don't know if I pay for that one. You know, they're like Netflix is enough. But like WWE Network is just so worth the money and it just keeps getting more and more worth uh, worth the money. Uh, embarrassingly enough, this is my first time watching uh, Kota Ibushi wrestle. And uh, wow, he did not disappoint. I mean, I've heard his name forever. Uh, man, that guy's amazing. Uh, and also just the idea of celebrating cruiserweights is something I never really thought about. And they were showing, you know, cruiserweights haven't thought about them since WCW. Like I remember Chris Jericho is like, when I think cruiserweight, I think Chris Jericho. And you're like, yeah, cool. Let's sell this idea that like some cruiserweights, let's call them cruiserweights and some cruiserweights become main eventers. And like, let's celebrate them in a, in their own tournament. I wonder where it goes. I wonder, you know, I was thinking about guys who get knocked out in the first round. Like, are they looking to recruit these guys? Are they looking to sign them? I don't really know what their process is for it because it seems so unprecedented to have guys just like wrestle in WWE for potentially one batch on the network and then go back to what they're doing. But I, it's just very cool. I mean, Hunter is doing some amazing stuff. It's kind of amazing to see like when he takes over, he's he's I feel very confident about the stuff he's going to do. So, yeah, I'm enjoying that. Uh Oh, man, I forgot my one point about Brock Lesnar. I'm going to go to it. This is going to be a little out of order. You can handle it. You can handle it. JBL made commentary on Raw saying that Brock Lesnar is possibly the greatest combat athlete in this country's history. I thought that was the most ridiculous line I had ever heard. Like a better combat athlete than Muhammad Ali. That even like Floyd Mayweather. I mean, does pro wrestling count as combat athlete? I thought we we're acknowledging that they're sports entertainers. This didn't even make doesn't make sense in general. JBL for me. I mean, he uh, he's I could really do without him. He is no. He is he is no king. I mean. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So let's get into it. So into Raw. I mean, this draft's coming up. So in this big thing that happened in this draft was that Vince announced who would be the COO of SmackDown. And that was drumroll. No, I don't have drumroll. Oh, yeah. I'm recording in my house. So I don't have my sound effects machine. But Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon won. In a segment that they stretched out 18 minutes long. I mean, that's what the McMahons do. You give these guys microphones. It took First of all, I was timing it just for fun. So I rewatched it. It was like about five minutes when they even start speaking. Just five minutes of entering and posturing, looking around. Yeah, so Shane wins it. The thing that was interesting is that they were competing with one another. To be like, okay, who's gonna who's gonna be the CEO of SmackDown? And 
I love that. The only thing about it was, so I guess Shane won, but in winning that, it means that he lost Raw. So he kind of like lost. If they called Raw right out of Vince's mouth that Raw is the marquee show. So it was like, we're arguing to get a demotion, essentially. So that was kind of weird. I mean, I, I, I don't know. That's the kind of, those are kind of small things that WB, it's like a classic example of their storytelling not working or making sense. Uh, and you can kind of miss it if you give it the amount of thought that I think they do. I don't know. So one thing they did since we've been talking about the draft, one thing they did do that I am excited about in a way is that they're acknowledging that they raw and SmackDown need to compete. That was one thing that I think is super important about it is if they just are totally set, if they're totally separate. Uh, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure you know, it just seems like, okay, well, that was big. Oh, we're just splitting the roster up. And then you know what happens? SmackDown will be the lesser product. But if SmackDown is trying to outdo Raw proactively, that could be really fun. Uh, and then with Shane and Stephanie running it, that's cool because it's the built in, the rivalry is already built in. And also, like, we care about them. We care about these McMahons. They're carrying this company forever. So, I do like that. I will say that like the fact that it's going to be Shane and Stephanie and the way they play it, it does feel like it could be a little bit like watered down competition. It's a little bit meaning like it's, it's not like they brought in uh it's not like they, they brought in uh like the new Japan guys or something or like, it's not like they brought in someone where it's like, Oh man, SmackDown's going to be very different. Shane being there makes me feel like we might be a little bit more of the same. So I like that they're competing, but I'm not exactly sure. It feels like based on that, that it might just be like two shows where it's like, oh, there's just more, more content, more live shows that you got to watch as opposed to being like two completely different brands. I don't know. Uh, So. Yeah, so another thing about this draft that I think is super weird is so Miz is on commentary with Maurice, and I'm, I'm liking Miz, and he's doing a lot of great work. Miz is great right now, and I really like him with Maurice too. And uh, <laughs> I believe JBL again, uh, but I don't exactly remember. He said, like, Hey, what if you guys get drafted to different shows? So, how does this draft work? I barely remember the other draft. Uh, they draft valets so like you could come out and just be like all right um for my next draft pick smackdown we choose john cena and then raw can just be like for our next traffic we're gonna take like mr fuji you know i'm not uh, uh why do they draft valets when the valet go with the wrestler this seems like again something that's like below the intelligence of of the of the watcher. I'm not exactly sure. Don't you just draft athletes or like the entertainers? Why would you ever, I guess, cause you're drafting, you're just, you're drafting entertainers. So I guess a valet's entertainer. I don't know. It seems strange to me. I think they should probably just acknowledge that valets go with the wrestler they're with. I get it. When you're saying like, you can, will they break up the new day? I get that. Even though I also don't get that. Cause if they're tag team, then draft them together. 
What you know? I don't know. Uh, but again, it's better for that. So anyway, they had this battle royale to determine who's going to face Miz for the IC belt at Battleground. I'm watching this thing, and I'm like counting up the amount of guys who can win. It's a battle royal. Anytime there's a battle royal, you can first off you can discount any member of a tag team. I don't know why they ever put it. They put the Usos in there. Like, what is one of the Usos gonna? gonna win that it's you know it's ridiculous and I was looking at who's gonna win and it was like okay I believe the guys who could possibly win were um Ziggler Baron Corbin uh um what's his name uh, Apollo Apollo Cruz and uh I don't know, one one other guy. And then Darren Young, in my head, I was like, I think, I mean, Darren Young, I guess, because they're doing this Bob Backlund thing. He's outside there. And then, boom, they had Bob, you know, uh, they had Darren Young win it. But he wanted a way where it's like, if they're giving him a push, it was the softest push ever because he had nothing to do with the elimination. He believe he was laying down on the mat hurt and then happened to win. And he's like a big, strong dude. Like, if you're going to push him, He's not a heel. He's not like a weasel in any way. Uh, it was Del Rio. That was the other guy who could I thought potentially could win. If you're gonna do that, then like at least let him like you know give him a pro- give the guy a proper push. Anyway, I thought it was also impressive. Bob Backlund also picked up Darren Young, which I thought was really how Bob Backlund. How old is he? Let's look this up. He's old as fuck. He's Let's look this up. Bob Backlund. 66 years old. And he uh, picked up Darren Young. Okay, he's actually younger than I expected, but still. Hey, I don't know. I thought that was pretty impressive. So we'll see Darren Young versus The Miz at Battleground. I'm going to be taking a piss during that. Actually, I'm kind of interested in Darren Young. I I, I don't know anything about him. I I don't, you know... can he cut a promo? I watched it. He did that, like, make uh, Darren Young great again. He did some of those segments I watched, and his acting was real bad at that. So, I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, so, oh, my God. Let's get into this thing. Seth Rollins comes out, does the Rollins report. So, listen, I don't think that this segment totally worked. But I appreciate the I appreciate him trying different stuff. Now, obviously, he can really do no wrong by me. I'm a big Seth Rollins mark. Everybody knows it. Uh, but I did think like it was kind of poorly done. So they could see this if you didn't see it and you're just listening, is that Seth Rollins has his own hard hitting interview show. And he comes out, he introduces it. Like, of course, I love the way he introduces stuff. You know, he tells like Barbara Walters to take a hike and he tells John Stewart to like stay in retirement. And he's like, cause there's a new interview in town. It's Seth Rollins. And then I think he said Seth, Seth freaking Rollins, which is always fun. But in it, he, he shows a, a video of him. He's being super serious. He's, Asking hard hitting questions, cuts to him uh, in like, you know, confessional. Um, not a confessional. It's like, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm not a, I, I'm an on camera talent. Okay, people. 
But anyway, he's getting asking an interview question off screen. And then I'll ask the question and it's like, do you, you know, it's basically like, uh, hey, are you, uh, are you sad that everyone knows that you're a scumbag? And then it'll cut to stock footage from other interviews of Roman Reigns being like, yeah, I am. Like, uh, yeah, I'm glad I did it. Or, you know, they find ways to make him agree with all the disgusting stuff. And like, cool. It's kind of stupid. But the thing about it is that it could have been. I, I see I see a reality where it could have been done well, but the way this one was cut together, the clips they got of Roman Reigns agreeing, they were like kind of like convoluted. I mean, probably because Roman Reigns, everything he says is probably like in interviews is convoluted. I mean, I don't know what he's saying in the ring either. So it was like he 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 was like, is everyone? <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. It was just kind of like he didn't just go like, do you like that everyone knows that you're a liar and cheater? And he didn't go like, yes, I'm glad everyone knows. He, he didn't say that. It was like, I was like, couldn't piece it together. Anyway, it's as muddled as what my explanation of this. I'm tired. Okay, call me some slack. <laughs> uh, but uh, I feel like this segment confirmed to me that his wellness violation is performance-enhancing drugs. Because he said, like, you're a known liar and a cheater. And then he's, and then the, the Roman Reigns clip they chose to respond was just like, I'm not here for second place. Yeah, I did it, and I'm all in. I went all in. Uh, so, I don't know. Was there... I'm going to look this up right now. Was there any confirmation that it was... Performance enhancing drugs. Looking it up right now. This is really fun for you guys. Yeah, I mean, from what I see, I don't see anything that was like said that it was that. It was, you know, it could have been like, from my understanding, it could have been like a little weed or, you know, um, something. But I always assume that it was steroids because he's, I, 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 I give him the benefit of the doubt that he wants to take off that vest. Oh, getting a pop up on the Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns Wikipedia page. Give you a fun little song. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that was cool. Then once Rollins stopped doing that gimmick, then he cut a great promo at Dean Ambrose right after. The one thing that is getting big cheers is Rollins is calling for Roman Reigns to be removed from the match. That's his whole pitch. And people are going nuts for that. And it is like, it is such a weasel thing to like want it to not. He's so. He's, he's like, he, he wants all the odds in his favor. He doesn't want Roman Reigns in that match. I love it. Okay, so then Ambrose comes to answer the call. This was the best Dean Ambrose promo I can remember since The Shield. And not only that, this felt like Shield Dean Ambrose. And I'm going to tell you why. Because he actually got mad and he didn't respond with a joke. As a matter of fact, he said in it, he's like... He said, I'm not a joke. He like acted like he was the best. And then he, and he meant it. He's like, I'm the best. I'm the champion. And like, shut your mouth because, you know, I earned this opportunity. And like, if you want to come take it off me, come even try. It was just classic recipe for success is just confidence and saying you're the best. It's essentially what Rollins does. And it's what Dean needs to do instead of being like goofy and sly and just like, Weird, just generally weird. 
And also, he's responding directly to what's said to him, which is my other complaint with him. As an improv guy, I like to respond. Okay, it's the last time I'll mention improv here. But Ambrose offering that title shot on the spot, and he meant it, looked cool. And then Rollins backed off. It was like Ambrose was like, yo, he even had a thing where he was just like, think about all I did to get this title. Think about what I would do to keep it. I was like, that's the perfect blend of like, okay, he's a little crazy, but he's not like, he's not like uh, pretending he's going to chew barbed wire and not doing it and stuff. You know, that's like, oh yeah, that is a good point. It's like, he did do a bunch of stuff like, oh yeah, you know, that's something to think about. So then Rollins was like, you know what? Cool. I'll take you up on that offer next week. I fought on my own time. So right now they're scheduled for a title shot next week. I'm trying to think about how that's going to be messed up. I originally looked up. If that's Reigns, but he's still under suspension, so Reigns can't come in and mess it up. So I'm not sure how that's going to get schmazzed up or if it'll even happen or whatever, but um, maybe they both get drafted to different shows, but that's happening on Tuesday. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Nothing to say. New Day, I already covered that. Um, that was awesome. I watched that twice. I really, I, I really dug it. I'm really interested where they're going to go. With all that theatric stuff, theatrical stuff. Great. Um, oh, man. Bullet Club came out. Enzo and Kaz answered the the call. I noticed the, the thing that stuck out the most to me was I just noticed how slow Kaz delivers his promos. They're so like, like, you know, I don't know. The, 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 like small school bus, like, you know, a little bit, I'm trying not to be too harsh on him, but it makes him look slow. He delivers it slow. He's like, you know, if you want to mess with me, well then friend, and my buddy, Jason Shapiro, friend of the show, he, he, he turned me on to that a while ago and I didn't fully really process it until this, this is when it stuck out the most. Then also, since I was focusing on that, I was also like, it's really weird how he shoehorns in to spell soft. He's like, well, then, guys, I have to remind you that there's only one word to describe you. It was, it's, it, it, I don't know. Something about it's amazing. I love when Enzo and Cass were doing their catchphrase stuff. I loved it in NXT. It worked really well there. It was exciting. But on the main roster, I almost wish they didn't have to do like a whole five minute song and dance just to come out and cut a promo. Like maybe they could shorten that somehow. Cause it can't teach that the whole thing. Like to do it every time. It's, no, it's repetitive is what it is. And if we're going to be on SmackDown and Raw, although I guess they'll get split up. Who knows? Maybe Enzo will get drafted <laughs> to a different show. Hey, ridiculous. So then, you know, Bullet Club and, and Enzo Cass, they start fighting each other. Um, you know, whatever. They had a match. And then AJ cheated. It was on the back. The Quill Club was whatever. You, 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 they had this fight. But then the interesting thing is that Cena showed up. They said that Cena wasn't there, which is believable because he was hosting the ESPYs two days from then. But they were like, he's in L.A. And then he showed up. And it's amazing how, like, you know they're not lying because the, that, that is so true about John Cena. Like he's done such good branding that we know he's like such a hard worker and like a, you get to work on time. You put your head down. You work hard. He's like such an all-American, hardworking dude that like you know that like that is true, that he 
was like, I got to be at Raw. I'm healthy. I'm at Raw. I was out for a while. I got I to gotta, I gotta be there. And he did just like this really small, just run-in save spot that was like matching the save from last week to set up the pay-per-view. It was like not really necessary. Any match with John Cena is sold because he's John Cena on the pay-per-view. I don't know. It's kind of, it's, it's pretty admirable. If I was John Cena, I was not showing up to that Raw. I was going to, you know, work on my little goofs. I haven't, I haven't watched the ESPYs. Uh, actually ever. I've never watched the ESPYs. But uh, John Cena, you know, I'll check out some of his segments because it's John Cena. Um, all right. And then, well, the only other interesting thing I had to cover this week is that Charlotte and Sasha, they had a match. And um, I have nothing to say about this. I mean, I was very excited for the Charlotte-Sasha thing, but I just like, I'm not really not feeling it. And specifically on Sasha's end, Charlotte, I'm really liking Charlotte's promos. I, I, really, I like the rhythm and cadence she's found for her voice when she's delivering it. She's like, you are nothing compared to me. And I really, I, when she does it, I like, I like it. She's just is a great heel and it, she's differentiated herself from her father in a way that's like, it's great. She grew really fast. Um, I'm into it. I also like Dana Brooke with her, even though Dana Brooke kind of stinks. But uh, I don't know. She It is cool for her to have like a smaller blonde valet with her. I, I dig it. Blondes, flares, and blondes. You know, it works. It is, it is part of the flare package. Uh, but yeah, Sasha, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe they iced her too long or like... She had that promo two weeks ago that I was, um, or I think that was last week where I was just like, it's like, uh, yeah, I think Charlotte beat you on the mic there. And um, I don't know. We'll see. There was a funny moment in there uh, where Charlotte was just like, she was from the outside of the ring screaming up at Sasha, just being like, let's see if you'll deserve it. And then some guy audibly just goes like, hey, she deserves it all. And I watched that twice. I thought that was really funny. Uh, but yeah, so they're setting up to like establish if Sasha has what it takes to deserve a title shot and Charlotte gets to choose that. I don't know. We'll see that. I mean, look, I'll watch a Charlotte and Sasha match. match. I, I sat front row at NXT um, uh, San Jose. When I watched them... <laughs> Watch them have a match. It was amazing. I was really excited that I, I don't know. They got to do something. They got to find an interesting storytelling way to make it interesting. I mean, maybe they can attack one of their personal lives or like Charlotte needs to go too far to upset Sasha. So right now it's just generic. Like you deserve a fight. They need to like make their feud personally relevant to the two of them. Cause right now it's just like, Oh, these guys should fight. But we've already passed that time where they should fight. So we need to remember why they should fight. And we need to remember why Sasha's so good. We know she's good. It shouldn't be hard to prove us that Sasha's good. But yeah, let's see. Anyway, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I think that's everything Everything from this, uh, from this week. So, uh, hey, hit us up with your thoughts. Uh, and look out this Monday... It's going to be uh, my interview with uh, Damian Sandow. That's going to be coming out. Check that out. Damian Sandow came to my house. We talked to him about his release from WB and his whole time at WB and Ms. Dow and all that awesome stuff. It was a really 
awesome time. Uh, he was he's a great guy. And uh, yeah, and then uh, make, make sure to rate us on iTunes, five stars, and follow us on Twitter. It's at COW at Cow Podcast. And uh, hey, keep watching wrestling. Bye. This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network.